0: who were Preacher fans, the only dudes who could ever teach me, were some guys who were Preacher fans, yes they were, they were, oh yes they were, that's a podcast theme right there.
1: Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher, and it has all come down to this, and I have all come down to, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. (laughs) I'm Pete. And this is it. This is the final episode of the first season of Preacher Call and Response. We made it through. We got mostly caught up in time for the second season, uh, which we'll be talking about towards the end of this episode a little bit, I think. Um, But what do you need to know? Probably the main thing you need to know is that uh, Jesse Custer has the power to control people with his voice due to a being called Genesis that lives inside of his body. He's gone through a bunch of hilarious adventures with his friends, <laughs> Cassidy, oh, yeah. who's a vampire, and Tulip, who's his ex-girlfriend, over the, the course of the season, uh, and ended up promising that he's going to bring God to his town of Anvil on this very Sunday. Uh, the other Sunday,
0: thing that-
2: Sunday, Sunday.
1: Yep, Sorry. that. No, Please. It's fine. Uh, And there's a lot of other things that come together. This is a pretty intricately crafted show, so we'll get to the stuff as we get to it. Uh, But the only other thing you probably need to know is there's a guy named Carlos that Tulip has been looking for all season long. And last episode, he was revealed to be Desmond Borges, who plays Edgar on You're the Worst. So that was a nice surprise. Um, Let's get into it. What did you guys think about this episode
0: as a whole? It's an amazing episode. Definitely not a middling episode, as Justin would bullshitly say. Uh, and bullshitly. Yeah, yep. Uh, I Yeah, I love this episode from start to finish. Uh, they packed a ton of stuff in there.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. This episode is great. This show is great. This show is, like, the, one of the most confident shows on television. They do all this crazy shit in such a cool, confident way that, like... And the mixing of like lowbrow and highbrow ideas. Uh they they do a lowbrow, highbrow show, we do a lowbrow, highbrow podcast, and that's
0: great.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're very generous, Justin. Very generous yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh it's it's really well crafted. Like I said, this whole season We've been talking about how they just drop stuff in and don't pay it off for episodes at a time. That definitely what happens here, particularly towards the end of the episode. Um, but so many things come to a head, and it comes to a head so well. Um, the thing that's crazy about it from the comic book perspective is this is, with some exceptions, essentially a prequel to the comic book. You know, there's some stuff that, he, that has happened throughout the season that happens in the book itself. There's things that they change. Uh, yeah, ultimately, especially in
0: this episode.
1: Yeah, but ultimately the point that we get to at the end of this episode is the beginning of the comic, which... Really? Yeah. I'm which so is surprised about that. It's a crazy thing for them to do. I mean, this is jumping ahead straight to the end, but there's a scene at the end after everything that does go down has gone down that Jesse, Cassidy, and Tulip are in a car together, about to go on a road trip, searching for God, and they sit in the car for a moment and they pause and then are like, why are why are we waiting here? Can we get on the road? And the reason they're waiting there is that's essentially where the comic begins, with the three of them in that pose, getting ready to go on the road looking for God. Which wow. is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's totally crazy, crazy
2: because crazy. like I don't know how you could get all the information they put into this first season out there without it being a whole like series of, of graphic novels, a series of paper, trade paperbacks.
1: It it is,
2: yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, to, if this is if the road trip is where the series starts, and is it all in flashbacks?
1: Uh, no, nothing. Basically, nothing happens. Not a whole lot happens in Anvil in the comics. You know, there are things that are ha- oh, that wild. do happen. Um, they do start there. But it's essentially a road trip the entire series. Uh, and anything that you learn about Tulip or Cassidy or uh, Jesse or any of the other characters happens while they're on the road. And there are flashbacks, but it's yeah. not flashbacks to the events of this series. Basically, nothing in this series happens in the book.
0: That's Whoa. amazing. I mean, I mean there there are are not, that, that, that's not,
1: that's true. That's not
2: yeah. totally true. But. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. well, stop lying to me then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is like a straight up adaptation. <laughs> okay, cool. Page by page. Oh, I'm by confused panel. now. No, it's not. It's, uh, what I'm saying is like, if you took the plot of this series and laid it over the plot of the comic, it would not match up even remotely at all. But there are things that they yeah. mixed I get what dead. you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's a remix.
0: Uh, (laughs) Remix! You beat me to it!
2: I always will, and I always will.
1: Uh, (laughs) No. But but Uh, the thing, sorry, the the one thing that I wanted to say, though, that I think is great about it is it did allow them to really figure out these characters and get them to the place that they are at the beginning of the comic versus, and this works great in the comic, but the comic essentially drops you right in the middle and then lets unpeels the characters like an onion. So heading into Season 2 of Preacher... We as the people who are experiencing this are in a very different place than we are when you read the comic.
2: Yep, yep,
1: that's all. Um,
2: yeah, and uh, to kick off the episode, this was such a, like a sweet beginning to what. I- Like, watching the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this is so, like, calm. And I'm sure this episode's going to be so crazy. Yeah, they set you up, man. They set you up. They kind of lull you a little bit. And then it's like, welcome to crazy town. Uh, I love the radio announcer is, like, sort of a real dick to Eugene, (laughs) which I thought was, like, local freak Eugene is missing still. Yeah, that was fucked (laughs) up. That was fucked up.
0: But I Uh, I, love the run by where he's like, hey, Mabel. And then she's, like, pointing, like, he's going that way. Yeah, it's great.
2: That's great. Yeah. Uh, I have a question, though. And then we cut into in the town is uh, getting half off bikini waxes because God is coming Uh, like really funny. Why does the town believe Jesse when he says God is coming? Like literally the whole town is like
0: God's going to be here. All right. But Justin, here's the question. If you went to church and there's a preacher and he says, I'm going to bring God this Sunday. I mean, sure, you might think, yeah, that's crazy, but there's, you also are going to show up and see what happens.
2: You know? But am I going to get a bikini wax? Yes. I, mean, I, well, I have a, a weekly bikini wax, and I'll probably go to that appointment, but uh-huh. I don't know if I'll get an extra special one.
1: Have you read Ecclesiastes? He very specifically says, yeah, got to have a nice landing strip down there. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the, more, uh, uh, the most often quoted Bible passages. I believe
1: <laughs> The book of Girls Gone Wild. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, this episode, the the townsfolk of Advil are even more so than usual, very Parks and Rec, I feel like. You know, they're very yeah. body. Part of that is bringing everybody together into one location, into the church at the end when Jesse is revealing it. But, yeah, the fact that everybody buys into it, I mean, we've talked a lot about it on this podcast, these people are weird. They're all really weird. Some of them are more normal weird, but, like, Last episode, Emily, who is the most normal person on the show, randomly decided, ah, I, don't, I don't want to be committed to my boyfriend. I'm going to feed him to a vampire instead. And I mean, that's, that's
0: how you break it off in Weird Town. Sure. It's I, a small-town I, breakup. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: that's right. I remember the song. Just a small-town girl feeding her boyfriend to a vampire.
0: Yeah, wow. Exactly. You really, yeah, you nailed I, that's, that's really that beautifully yeah. bit, yeah. angelic, yeah. even.
1: Thank you very much. I, I've been practicing that for weeks. Pete and I grew up in small towns, so we get that life. Yeah, we do. Sweet.
0: Uh, I like but, a city boy like Alex Zauber. Yeah. <laughs> Captain City Boy over there. No vampires in your town. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, not in the city where it's always sunny. <laughs> no vampires here. Everything's covered in garlic in city
1: town. Yep. Uh, the, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that threw me more for a loop than that was Donnie in this episode. I thought I had missed an episode somewhere with Donnie. Yeah. With Donnie's plot line. So, uh, it turns out Jesse is staying with Donnie and his wife, Betsy, um, Mm -hmm. who we had met earlier on, uh, I think the first or second episode, we found out that they didn't exactly have an abusive relationship. They kind of. Just like, to sexily sexually hit each other and, and do a little yeah. BDSM? You know, nothing wrong with going. that. You know? uh, Donnie has that. been one of the main antagonists, though. And then suddenly this episode, Jesse is in the house. And I honestly, like, I had to go back a couple of times because I was like, did I miss the point where Donnie decided to be a good guy? And we find out later on that Jesse gave Donnie a second chance. So Donnie is giving Jesse a second chance. But it still seems yeah. real weird to me.
0: No, I mean, Donnie finally feels like himself again, and he's, you know, uh, he's at a happy place with his lady, and they're feeling good. So, like, he was like, you know what? What am I doing? You know? Let me help this guy. Yeah. I think he was was fed up with, uh, you know, Rorschach's bullshit, and when he walked away, he really walked away from that that whole life and was like, you know what? Uh, Yeah, I'm on Preacher's side. Uh, Yeah, it was a little weird um,
2: how quick, how big of a turn it was, Uh, though I didn't mind it. Like, I don't need to have a whole scene where we have, like, Donnie's interior monologue. Uh, But I do think, like, I mean, Donnie was dressed in that Civil War uniform. He shot a gun in the trunk to take away his hearing. Like, I feel like he was so wound up. The stakes were so high to him because of this dumb feud. Uh, And I think he finally was like, you know what? Why am I almost killing myself over this when, like, I don't mind? Everything's fine now.
1: Yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit of that last part. The where I he disagree. Said, really?
0: Yeah, I don't need, like Justin said, I don't need some fucking Donnie bullshit slowing this episode down. Let's get to the good stuff. All right. Well, whatever then.
1: Uh, let's get to the <laughs> good stuff. Let's talk about Cassidy, who is getting shot repeatedly in the prison. Oh, uh, well, yeah.
0: That's what prison's like, man. Don't go to prison. Yeah. Oh, oh man, shit. it's the
1: worst. Well, we don't know in the city because we don't have vampires here or prisons.
0: Oh, wow. Well, single life must be nice. I mean, me and Justin, we've been to jail, and they shoot you a lot in jail. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I used to be the guy that would bring the uh, coffee uh, canister of blood to the jail.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Great job. I had to set up manila folders ahead of time, and that's also a tough job.
1: Here come
2: the manila
0: folders.
1: (laughs) Whatever you do, don't spill that blood canister on them. Whoops. And also, don't mix it up with the the coffee can the actual coffee canister in the in the kitchen. Uh, right, they yeah, look they the get same.
0: pissed when you do that.
1: Damn. Have you ever tried a little bit of blood in your coffee, though? It gives it like a really nice salty taste. It's very good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little iron. I love it.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry. We're all
1: vampires. Yeah, we're all. This is a podcast by vampires of four vampires. <laughs>
0: You just Casey Kasem that up a little bit?
1: I'm Casey Kasem, and I'm a vampire. <laughs> Classic know, city boy. Uh, there's I little, did like this oh. scene. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, it's all right. I don't, I don't need to do more Casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: the people are dying for it.
1: Oh, oh, Literally. Literally.
2: Oh boy. wow you're just running through your whole SNL and-
1: <laughs> I've got like two two or three <laughs> terrible impersonations that I got to run about by the end of this episode. Oh okay. good yeah
2: Lauren Michaels is listening oh, for the audio God. version yeah. of SNL. Uh great scene between the sheriff. We were talking about this last episode a little bit that the sheriff seems like fully like he was about to fully flip and he's like he believes that Cassidy's a vampire and so much so that he shoots him and then gives him blood. Like that's crazy. He's
0: gone all the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did research online for this shit. Yeah, and you know how hard that is? Yeah. You
1: gotta put stuff in a search bar.
0: Stuff. Oh. Stuff. Dot, dot, but dot. Yeah, I was glad that we finally got a little bit of the sheriff trying to piece things together and what he thinks about everything. And it's funny, I like when he's mumbling himself, he's like goddamn vampires, and then federal agents. You know? <laughs> like, that's one and two of things that piss him off.
1: Yeah. I, I also took it as this is a way for Hugo to get out his frustrations. He's just so angry about everything that's happened with his son. And he's we've seen him when he was interacting with Eugene. He kept everything so tight and bottled up to be able to just shoot Cassidy and not feel
0: bad about it is a release for him. Yeah, that has got to be great as a cop, you know, just to be able to shoot yeah that doesn't seem controversial at all
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not topical at all. Uh, we also see the uh this great flashback. You can't move past that
1: yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah so uh, a large part of the episode is taken up with Carlos, who, as we mentioned, we met in the previous episode. Um, tulip hates Carlos. We finally find out why, uh, because we see Carlos used to rob banks with tulip and jesse yeah. they he got jealous of how happy they were. He tried to trick women Whoa, to have sex with him, and it,
0: it didn't work. It started with stepping in a puddle. That's where it really turned. Uh, yeah, like, that's the worst. How, oh, yeah. yeah, when you get, like, one foot, like, soaking wet, I mean, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm not going camping with you anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it makes you turn on your whole friend and friends and family when that Friend. <laughs> you stick with what you said first. <laughs> <laughs> my only, my friend and family.
2: <laughs> Great. He's not, he's not denying it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. God, I wonder which one of us is your friend, Pete. Yeah, which one's the family? Oh, that's Jeez. nice. Yeah.
1: That's really nice. It's like they say in the Fast and Furious movies, when you're here, you're family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cool. Well, let's actually talk about this (laughs) flashback because it's like vitally important for Jesse and Tulip's relationship Um, because they get betrayed by Carlos. Tulip gets so upset. She ends up having a miscarriage. And I took it as this is what broke them apart. This is why Jesse left to become a preacher. This is why Tulip was lost for so long. Um, Everything that went wrong with them went wrong because of this one moment because of Carlos. Is, Is that what you got from it as well?
2: Yeah, I feel like that that broke their relationship. Also, Jesse shot shoots the security guard and I think that maybe pushed him into back into his like becoming good or fulfilling his father's wishes. So, yeah, I think this moment is what sets up the whole show and the double-ended fisting gilda.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I uh-huh. you just slip that in there? Yes, I that's what you do with them. it, Pete. <laughs> oh man, uh,
1: you definitely do not just slip it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I love them fucking with Carlos. I this whole season has been about Jesse and Tulip in varying capacities, trying not to get back together, or feeling each other out, or being in very different places. So to see them working together as a team was awesome. Yeah. Just yeah. great. And poor Carlos though. They send him off into the night he's been totally beaten up off screen, which I also I
0: love that choice to not see. What them do you mean poor Carlos? He completely fucked them over. He deserves all that. This, this show, so I'm
1: not necessarily going to disagree with you, but this show, I, I think a theme is developing that there's monsters out there, people like Kin Cannon, who I would say pretty yeah. squarely fall under the category of monster. And then yep. there's also people who are just kind of assholes, like Miles and Carlos. But Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy, maybe not Cassidy, I'll leave them out of there, but Jesse and Tulip treat them the same.
2: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, true. Well, but I also think like that moment where she tulips like kill him for me, and then and Jesse's like I will, but then she stops him. Like I thought that was a really nice.
0: Yeah, they do. The they just beat the counts. shit out
2: of him. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, uh, and their revenge is just to to and catharsis is to just beat him up.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, but they give him a fighting chance, which is also nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that moment of like. When Tulip was like, "Oh, you do love me," when he was is actually going to do it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, for I thought that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, uh, but great. yeah. Speaking of assholes, like you said, I mean that was also Cassidy's point: is everybody's kind of an asshole. Everybody's got their deal. I mean, as he's l- laying there spitting out bullets, that's kind of his whole kind of point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's been him all along. I mean, that's why he burned himself in the first place. That's why he called Jesse out about Eugene is just because Eugene was annoying, he didn't deserve to go to hell. And Tulip and Jesse don't see it that way. You know, Carlos did some bad shit to them, but at the same time... He wasn't trying to get them to have a miscarriage. He wasn't trying to get break them up or get them arrested or anything like that. Well, he was, he was just trying be- to
0: get them arrested.
1: Yeah, but he was mainly just being a jerk because he was annoyed at them, and yeah. that was it. Uh, let, let's talk about the church scene because that's pretty much the most pivotal scene yeah. in the entire first season. So, Jesse, you— usually- Well, just one
2: last thing. Oh, one last yeah, thing yeah, on Tulip, Jesse. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go um, ahead. I feel like if they had killed Carlos, they would have become villains. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been one step too far. So I think that's, that's where the line was for these characters on the show. And they are assholes just like everybody else to Cassidy's
1: point, but they are not the monsters that you were mentioning before. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. So at the church later, once they've settled all this, Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy mostly hang in the background while everybody talks to a big bearded white man who says that he's God. Um, this scene was great. I mean, Granted, I've yeah. read the books, so I kind of knew what was going on. Uh, but there was no point that I believed that the guy that they were talking to was God.
0: Uh, you never, no. not even the, in the beginning.
1: No, not even in the beginning. Uh, How about you, Justin?
2: You- uh, no, I didn't. I I didn't. I didn't know what happened was going to happen, but I was like, "There's no way it would be that obvious of a figure uh, of a type of God that they would show up and be like the white." dude with the beard oh wow uh, but uh, yeah this was i mean first off like you have uh donnie's wife betsy who just like gets god phones apparently she's yeah. like explaining to jesse how it works that was really funny i thought mm-hmm. and then when everyone's gathered there it felt like the end of uh it was like a big high school play or something where <laughs> all mm-hmm. the insane characters are gathered in one place to see this wild thing it yeah. was great. And Tulips line told uh, for the modem dial up noise was really funny. Yeah, that and was then hysterical. Tulips line told you he was a white guy. So mm-hmm. funny.
1: Yeah, that was great. And I actually really liked the three of them just hanging back. It felt like to the point of it really actually getting to the comic for the first time at the end of the episode. Seeing the three of them there, way cooler than anybody else at Anvil about this stuff. To me, felt like okay, we're there. You know, they have not been a trio. They have not been hanging out. This has not been this core of the show until now. And I, I like that. I like seeing that in the scene. Um, I also liked uh, the running joke of Clive sadly asking for his penis back. I thought yeah. that was pretty great. So funny. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I, I yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Like they, They sort of get to be above it all because they've had all these crazy experiences. They're not suckers who are just going to believe that this is god like when he's like "Ask, i'll answer your questions i was like oh these poor townspeople," and you can see jesse just being like what the, the fuck? this guy's not fucking god and so then he uses the genesis on him and i love that moment like we don't know where god is we don't know where god is, is end of transmission like so yeah cool.
1: yeah it's great uh the scenes that follow it too were oh man pretty amazing because as we watch the entire town fall apart in different ways now that they know that god is missing where we see the uh what is it hedge not hedgehog chipmunk something like that yeah
2: well there's the guy who's the dressed up like an indian yeah. Yeah. and then the mascot both hang themselves which, right, right. like this whole montage was some hot uh, stuff
0: i think that's the same tree by the way it is yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: i think that's the, that's the tree continuity i mentioned last episode yeah, yeah. huge
1: and uh, uh, and then uh, poor our friend Ptolemy Slocum gets sliced to death by a bunch of little girls. I feel well, like. he deserves that. And not in yeah. real life, Pete.
2: No, no our friend no, Ptolemy is
0: talking it. about real life right now. Come on.
2: <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, yeah, this whole sequence was so was dark as fuck. Uh, It was uh, some high-class Blind Melon music, which everyone's down with. Uh, But, like, Kin Cannon
0: builds a meat daughter. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Oh, dude, you think that's – you have no idea what's coming. Well,
1: we talked about this, actually, a couple of episodes back, because I don't know if it is coming. You're saying the whole thing with Kin Cannon and the meat god, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they blow up the entire town. Everybody dies except for the seraphim, and then she dies. Uh, so that was real surprising to me um, I, I do want to get back and talk about the sequence a little bit because I'm curious to keep talking about it but uh a cigarette ignites the methane that was the gas that the guy was moderating in that weird room that showed up a couple of times, and that was the gas yep. that came out of those vents around town that we saw a couple of times so again. Really nice seating for the show, yeah. Planning good. that, it, yeah, it was great. Yo, I called it in that last episode, Alex. You did, you totally called it. Uh, oh. but they, I think, they killed everybody, right? They blew the entire town to smithereens. So, Quinn Cannon is gone, Emily is gone, this whole cast is gone. Or, or do you feel like somebody survived?
2: I bet Kin Cannon survived, yeah. Rorschach
0: survives that. Come on.
2: But I do think, yeah. I mean, otherwise, it seems like the whole town was blown up by cow shit.
1: Yeah, which hilarious. Uh, how do you think, like <laughs> Kin Cannon, Though to me, he's sitting on the factory that all the gas
0: is coming from, so I don't know how he would survive this. Well, he was in a secret meat room, so you know they you know those okay. meat lockers. For I sure. don't know. Yeah,
2: we everyone, all rich people have a secret <laughs> meat room in their houses. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Where you have like the really weird meat. <laughs> yeah, the meat nobody talks
0: about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and you have your double-ended fisting dildo in there, too.
0: Oh, man. Probably. I- can't, can't go an episode without mentioning that again. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I really you like it. Really you mentioned oh. it earlier on this episode, Pete.
2: Oh, no, Alex, if you go back and listen, I brought it up in every episode. <laughs> every episode. Yeah. It's a great Easter egg. Yeah, that's it's cool. an Easter
0: egg in each one. Yeah, yeah. you really have to listen, but it's there. That, that's why it was
2: so crazy that it was actually in this last episode of Preacher, because I've been talking about it just casually.
1: Oh. yeah, In conversation at, like, parties and stuff. Yeah, don't stand next to me at a party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Yes. Uh The thing that I was going to ask you guys about the sequence, though, before we get to the last bit uh, with Jesse and Cassidy and Tulip is... How how do you think you would act in that situation? You go to the church, you find out God is missing, what would your reaction be?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm more in the, I'd be like, let's go fucking find God. Yeah, I'd definitely be like,
0: it's time for a road trip.
1: For me, I think my main reaction would be, wow, God exists? That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking
2: about that as well, like... Everyone seems so depressed and like, oh, the world is over. But it's sort of like, the religion is proven real in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Like that's huge. It's just yeah. like losing a not having a god, and God's not dead. Right. God is just like he that's, might just be in the other room.
1: Yeah, uh, or, I mean, what what Emily tells her children, I think, is the most appropriate reaction that she says nothing has changed you know if you were following religion if you believed in religion you still believe in religion and if you didn't well then maybe that does change certain things for you but god not being there to punish you or set down rules or anything like that you should keep living your life the way that you're living your life
2: yeah you know? i also like the way you said you're following religion like you're binge
0: watching religion yeah that's what so you like, do right <laughs> <I can laughs> no spend like it, follow- spend a week buddy. on religion get it out of the way and wait for season two I thought it I, was you follow somebody on Twitter. You follow religion. Yeah. Yeah. I know. L- I just, l- I just, I just l- rt religion, l- man.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that last scene, though. This is another thing that's straight out of the comics, because Jesse, Cassidy, and Tulip having fries in a diner is just a recurring thing that happens throughout the comic book as they hit the road. So, again, great to see it. As a fan of the comics, it was just fun to see. Also, the reoccurring bit of Big Lebowski happens Yes.
2: Here. I love uh, which is that. Which great. And yeah. Tom Cruise being dead uh, a little earlier, also very funny. Yeah.
1: yeah. What, one of the nice things about the humor in the show is those recurring bits, they do it right. It doesn't feel forced. You know, I, I yeah. watched some stand-up comedy special this past week where the comic just tried to tie up every single joke that they had done in the half-hour special in the last couple of lines, and it felt so weird and awkward and forced and... Didn't like it at all. But here they pace it out well because you're not expecting the big Lebowski thing to come back that third time. You're not expecting Tom Cruise to come back that third time. And you should because rule of threes. But it's over several episodes. You know, it's not even in the same episode. And I think that's great. It's just really good comedy structure.
2: Yeah, and plus, they they don't like you said they don't force it, but they also don't like have to make a big deal out of it. It's just like, hey, if you get this, you're gonna laugh, and if you don't, then let's just keep going with our story. Like, yeah, but it's also best.
0: funny if you don't, you know. It's just funny to be, and especially Tulip, where she's just like, "What the fuck, man? Everybody loves the Big Lebowski." He's like, no, it's controversial, and she just yells to the whole diner, diner, like Big Lebowski was like, "Yeah, the dude." it's yeah. just
2: great Absolutely. but that's that's what i was saying earlier this show's so confident they can just do that without having to be like so proud of their joke to exactly like, make yeah. a, a like hold on it and make us all be like all right we get it we yeah. get it yeah it's just like you get it on we got we're, we're going to go with these characters and see what happens yeah,
1: yeah. well yeah. so we are going to see what happens uh in the second season but there's that tease at the end where the seraphim wait is, wait
0: wait before what, before you want to talk about i want Oh, yes, I want to talk about the kiss, but I also want to talk about the moment in the car where they're like, what are we waiting for? And that's a direct uh, kind of line from the comic. But it's also just a comment on the fact that, like, there's this really cool shot of them in the car and they're all wearing shades. And it's like the, the start of their big adventure and it's like this big moment. And then it's just like, well, what are we doing? It's just that sums up how great the show is. Like it's this amazing yeah. moment and then a little comedy. And, it, and, and that's also what The Kiss is about. It's this amazing moment. And then Tulip's like, don't ever fucking do that again. It's, yeah. it's magic. It's, it's just absolutely fantastic.
2: No one would argue with the idea that people wearing sunglasses are cool. Just look at Garfield. <laughs> Any Garfield poster with him in sunglasses is very cool. Oh, man, that's I the cool. Joe
0: Cool is,
2: you know, he's he's all about shades, you know. Yeah, Joe Cool. That's yeah, Joe. Uh, Snoopy I believe you're talking about.
1: All right, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, do me a favor, Casually drop a Joe Cool reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't ever refer to Peanuts in relation to Preacher. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, oh, wait. One, one other thing. I yeah. feel like,
2: yeah, I love that the kiss moment because uh, that's so, it's very Tulip. Tulip, like, sort of takes the power back in that situation. These yeah. characters are so good. And I feel like uh, they're happy. Like, everyone in the town, like, Looted. just died yeah that well they don't really know that they died but they the town falls apart everyone's like killing themselves murdering these people like find out that god's missing they're like fuck yeah let's this is fun for them like that's yeah. so interesting to me and i also feel like tulip and jesse they can only find romance in a world without god like all of their past sins all the bad things that happen are like removed from them and now they're like we're free we're born anew let's ride
1: Yeah, and for Jesse, his main motivation this entire season has been to find a mission. You know, he didn't exactly want to be a preacher. He didn't exactly want to be a bad guy like he used to be. Uh, He he didn't want to follow up what his dad left to him, though he did. He, He just felt very conflicted about everything. And now he's going to find God. Like, he knows what he's going to do. He has a purpose, and that's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So another person that has a purpose, though, is the cowboy who shows up on Earth, kills the seraphim, and then growls, Preacher. Yeah. And that's a great tease. I also, I, I mentioned this a couple of episodes back without actually mentioning it, uh, but I, I believe, and correctly if I'm wrong, um, the person who caused the cowboy to be delayed in Ratwater was a preacher. Which yep. So beyond the cowboy being told by uh, Fiore, I guess Fiore is the only one left alive, right? Uh, Fiore to kill Jesse Custer. He is conflating that preacher from Ratwater with this new preacher, Jesse Custer, and making it into a very personal mission, which should yeah. be awesome to watch as it plays out.
2: Yeah. I love it. I mean, this, the the fact that they're going on a road trip for season two is so fun to me. Like, uh, like, the town literally is blown to pieces. There's nothing left there, and now they can just get to go wherever they want or wherever they need to go yeah. to find God. Like, that's so
0: good. Awesome. Uh, very also, excited for season two. Yeah, I'm also excited that they – because the, uh, the first time I watched this all the way through, I was like, what? we were not going to talk about our face? And then, you know, as Jesse's leaving the diner, he's like, hey, I haven't forgot about you. Uh, you know, and so I was like, oh, thank you for that little moment there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – it, it really does set up the next season in such an amazing way. And I feel like that's, they did such a great job of like laying this all out and then also having amazing last episode and then being like, Oh, you think that's amazing. Season two is going to get even crazier.
2: Yeah. They're so like the cocky about the season yeah. coming up. That I love they're, it. Like, they're almost making fun of the idea of a second season. Like in that diner scene and in that last moment, it's like, yeah, who cares? It's just hit the road. Like It's so funny and so cocky for a television show to do that.
1: Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about our revelations from the episode Big Things We Learned or uh, teases for what's coming up. And Pete, you want to kick this one off? What was your big revelation?
0: Ooh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, man, this is tough. I'm going to have to say um, I like the sheriff revelation, The uh, the fact that he was just... Uh, shooting vampires, kind of coming to grips with his world. I thought it was such a powerful, amazing scene, especially for that character. Justin, what about you? I
2: mean, this I, the, I was most excited about the setup for season two. Like the fact that they're getting in the car, they are hunted by the cowboy, they need to save Eugene and also find God is such a great... And I didn't read the books. So I didn't know that road trip was such an essential thing for Preacher. That this is—it's—that's uh, really exciting for me. I also love just the sh- the shots in the church of all the insane characters together, like
1: just chilling and waiting to meet God. Very yeah. cool. Very, very Simpsons. Very Springfield as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, I did not ever think that I would watch a friend of mine get chopped to bits so many times in one year. But between this show and Westworld, I've now watched Ptolemy Slocum bleed out all over the place several, several times. Uh, So that's been very interesting. It's been an interesting
0: experience. It's it's been very fun. Weird
2: thing, Alex. Well, Ptolemy, if you're listening, watch out.
1: Well, it's
0: fun to see your friend, uh, you know, like, die on TV, you know? Yeah. Like, Wait, sorry. Like, die on TV or die on a TV? Die. Well, what? No. <laughs> like, die on TV. Yeah. Like, what the fuck you mean? Like, fake dying. It's a fun thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, watching them die and then they fall over onto a television.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't That's want where them. I'm going down.
1: Nice. Uh, All right, guys. uh, So (laughs) we're going to keep this going with the second season of Preacher. uh, As we tape this, we're a couple of episodes in, but there's still a bunch of episodes to go in season two so we're going to keep on rolling with this yeah more episodes in season two which is exciting yeah and uh, if all works out we should actually get caught up to the present time with Preacher so stick with it also if you want to support this show and other shows we do patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every single week that's about comic books and not just Preacher but sometimes Preacher so Tuesday 8pm at the Pit Loft please do come on by Pete anything you want to plug
0: Follow us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us
1: out at ComicBookClubLive.com. And this podcast goes out to a little boy who loves a show called Preacher. Oh. His name's Pete. <laughs> yeah. And he's just been so happy about this podcast. Pete, yes. this podcast for you.
0: Thank you.